Well, hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we discuss the current events that are happening in front of us uh, from the Christian worldview. But here's the catch. Each of us is doing so from a specific point of view. Everyone here today is sitting in a chair with the label from which uh, they're going to argue. And uh, with that said, sitting to my left is Josh, and he's sitting in the chair of... I'm sitting in the chair of culture. How are you today, Josh? You know, I just had a just had a great barbecue sandwich, great lunch. I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, doing those kids well. do a really good job cooking. All right, and so and to his left, we have Jennifer. Yeah. How are you today? I'm doing well. And what chair are you sitting in? I am in the theology chair. Very good. She'll be covering all of our theological needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, to her left, we have Paul J. Hansen. How are you today, sir? Good, good. I'm in the chair of economic. All right, that is the tough one, right? Because the... <laughs> Economic, not for him, he's a brilliant man. Uh, the chair of economics is going to discuss the Christian view of how the things unfolding in our world actually, you could do better in economics if you just followed the instruction manual, i.e. the Bible. <laughs> and uh, I'm your host today, John Arthur Fiala, and I am sitting in the uh, uh, chair of philosophy. We'll be looking at the teleological, epistemological reasons for our uh, uh, our belief on a subject. With that said, I'm doing very well. Thank you, Jennifer, for asking. Uh, but with that said, uh, we've got a story, and I believe Josh is bringing us a story. Yes, I am. So I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but mm-hmm. there was some news that came out of Lubbock, Texas last night. There was a vote. I believe it was Proposition B on the vote. And the outcome of this vote made Lubbock a sanctuary city for the unborn. Now, I'm going to read this article out of the Texas Tribune. Explain sanctuary city for the unborn. Oh, okay. So in term, so they basically outlawed abortion. They basically made it to where abortion equals murder, essentially. And I'm going to read this article from the Texas Tribune, kind of giving a little bit more light to it. I'm going to read the headline and some of the subtext. Lubbock votes to become the state's largest sanctuary city for the unborn. The outcome could prompt a lawsuit over what opponents say is an unconstitutional ban on abortion. The vote comes less than a year after Planned Parenthood opened a clinic in the West Texas city. All right. So 10 second hot take. Jennifer. Um, I mean, being in the theological chair, I would have to go to the Bible and uh, Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. God knew you before you were ever even in this physical world. And as soon as you came into this physical world at conception, he was already working in your life. Life is sacred. You hateful bigot. Uh, with that said, moving on. <laughs> Save the child, you hateful bigot. Yeah. Uh, with that said, Mr. Hansen, your hot take from the economic perspective. How does this affect them positively? Positively, um, <clears throat> the more people especially if they're godly people, the better the economy you'll have. And um, that touches every area of your life. So if you, fo- if you follow God's word and um, your duties as an individual, um, everybody benefits, including yourself. Amen. Absolutely. And from a philosophical worldview, uh, or per- part of the Christian worldview, what I would say is you look at the at the child in the womb. It's like looking at a deer on the road. Is that a deer or a child? Mm-hmm. If you don't know, are you going to stop? Mm-hmm. Of course you're going to stop. 
If you don't know if it's a child in the womb, we know that it's a child in the womb. But even if we didn't know if there was the possibility of that being a child mm -hmm. instead of a dog or a deer, you know it's a dog or a deer, we're going to stop. With that said, it's the same with the child in the womb. And Josh, your hot take. And then go ahead and just give us a, a little bit further on the culture side, the culture okay. war. So my hot take on what this means from the culture. So I think when you're addressing culture, there's an, it's important to distinguish where the current culture stands on this topic. And what, how the and how we hope that the culture eventually gets to, mm -hmm. and how we hope it shapes, and we hope it gets to a a, a theological perspective on this issue. Mm -hmm. But currently, I, I just want to read this tweet from this lady named Ashley Fairbanks off of Twitter. Uh, she had this tweet, and it was pretty ironic. I thought she said, "Pretty gross night in Texas politics. Lubbock voted to ban all abortions and labeled itself a sanctuary city for the unborn. Mm -hmm. And this, the reason I bring up this tweet is because this tweet actually has a lot of traction. It has about 1,000 likes, 400, 500 something retweets. Mm -hmm. So it seems from the worldly perspective, and I think this is something that we all know, is there's pretty pro-choice, pro pro-abortion, pro-woman's rights. I think the problem, though, that these people are encountering or the problem that that that's happening or why they see it as nasty, it ultimately comes because of the, the worldview that they have, the perspective that they have. The perspective doesn't come out of an absolute truth. It comes out of a relative truth for what's good for me. It comes out of that, hey, this is good for me, so I should do it. And it's not going to harm the baby that much. They'll be in pain for a moment, but then I'm free to live my life. Yes. And the thing is, that's just not how it, that's just not how it is, especially if we're taking it from a Christian perspective. I mean, Jennifer just brought out that passage of scripture. If and also I, I want to there's there's plenty of countless other scripture, and I would love to bring them up if you could give me a second. But it talks about protecting the innocent. Mm -hmm. God is, protects the innocent. He yeah. does. Yeah, and, and, and just to add yeah. on to that whole idea of, of women's rights, what happens when the child is a girl? Does she not have women's rights? Especially not mm. if you're in a culture that values male children mm -hmm. over female. Yeah. Jennifer, while he's looking those up. I mean, like he said, there's plenty of other um, passages. I, I unfortunately don't know them off the top of my head, but um, I think it's pretty clear going along with that idea of innocent life that God does not want anyone's life to be wasted. He wants you to fulfill the purpose that he has planned for you. God has a plan for everyone. He has the plan starting before you're even formed in the womb. And it is his will that you live out that plan. And that plan will bring, if you fulfill that plan faithfully to God, it will bring happiness to yourself. It will bring happiness. Maybe happiness is the wrong word. It will bring meaning to your life and meaning to those around you. And to snuff out that life, you're you're taking away someone's meaning, not even just for that child, but for all the people that that child would have impacted. Absolutely. And and I and I want to preface the conversation that we're having about this topic and take it with some tact, because the thing that we that that I don't want to come off and sound like is that oh man, it's so easy to to not have an abortion, or oh my goodness, it's so easy to not go through with having a kid. Yeah. No, I, I understand, and I think we all speak, we all understand that those choices are tough, that those decisions are are not easy. Yeah, that, absolutely. And especially considering that we probably don't know the circumstances around that, or, and yeah. there's so many varying things. 
So I want to say that first and foremost, the one percent of of all abortions that are that are rape or incest, those are the ones that that obviously get brought out the first. But ninety nine percent of them are out of convenience. Mm. Yes, and and I would say that if you are someone using that argument of the rape and incest cases, if you would not support banning all other abortions, then then you should not use that argument because that's not your real argument. You're being disingenuous. So, and on the note of the economic view uh mr hans go ahead and give us your thoughts on sanctuary city for the unborn well it's um it's wonderful that a city is out there being leading the way so um and it's god's way it's uh nobody's going to argue that even an atheist would say yeah if it's anybody's way that would be god way god's way even though he doesn't agree with god but uh it's just uh Economically, when uh, a, a people group obeys God, uh, they're they're blessed. Absolutely, mm-hmm. they're blessed mentally, physically, environmentally. Uh, scriptures clearly show that. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to get a if you don't have an abortion, you're going to have a Lamborghini in a year. Mm-hmm. But um, it does mean your children might, though. Uh, one of the things that people miss is when you look at abstinence until marriage. Because, and, and, and here's the thing, it's not as much about abortion, but about sexual culture. You're more likely, you're more likely for your children to be above the poverty line, mm-hmm. even if you are below the poverty line, if you just stay together. Mm-hmm. There's tremendous economic value in following God's way. When you, um, let's say you're 16 years old and you start making friends of the opposite sex, follow God's way. Do not hang around if you're a woman, do not hang around men that uh, do not follow God's way. Mm-hmm. You, you might only have one or two people in your in your high school that wants to uh, do it God's way. Hang around with those people. And here's the one thing I would ultimately throw in there on the economic side, just while we're talking. The church better step up. Mm-hmm. The church at Lubbock better step up. And instead of shooing people out who've had un, unexpected pregnancies... We should welcome them in and say, mm-hmm. look, this happened, mm-hmm. but now we're here for you. We made a mistake here, and we are going to take care of you through it. Mm-hmm. And I actually do have a question for Paul, but before I get into that, before I ask him the question, I do think something that's also important is to, because I don't know how many of these abortions come out of premarital sex, but I, I do and I do want to mention that. 99%. 99% of them. I do want to mention this, that... And John Arthur just kind of hit at it was, man, we need as the church, as the body of believers, we need to encourage these women to have their to have their kids, to have their children, because it's very easy to be like, oh, well, you sinned. You had premarital sex, drum them out of the church and drum them out of the church and just dismiss Mm -hmm. them as outcasts. But that's just not how that's not how we treat people. That's not how God treats people. That's not how Jesus treats people. Well, maybe there, the way we treat people, <laughs> yeah. but it's not the way we're supposed no, to. There needs to be a balance between you have made this decision and you do bear responsibility, but we're also going to be here behind you for, you know, this this role that you are probably really not prepared for. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be here to answer your questions. You know, if if you don't know what to do when your baby is crying nonstop in the middle of the night. There needs to be, you know, 
an older lady in the church who has that experience who you can call and reach out to and they can give you that guidance. Amen. And that brings me to the teleological argument here for what this Lubbock Law is effectively doing. The teleology or the purpose, the fancy word for purpose, Mm -hmm. the God-ordained purpose for sexual intercourse is twofold. Bringing the couple closer together is the smaller portion of this. The larger portion is being fruitful and multiplying. For couples who cannot have children, that is that the, the the you know the first one I mentioned is still there. That is part of it. However, the larger portion of this is to have children. It's part of that. In that fellowship of the two, you get another being. Mm-hmm. You you create with God. God is the one doing the creating, but you are. You are providing that. Mm-hmm. If you're you, following God's plan you're for your life, God's plan for your life. Mm-hmm. And so, with that said, what the church Good better point. do is step in and start go, working overtime with mm-hmm. crisis pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to, I had mentioned the verses I wanted to bring up. So there's a, there's a multitude of verses you can bring up, but one verse that does come to mind against God speaking against the shedding of innocent blood. I think of or I have Psalm 106, 34, 41. Could you pull that up? Or could someone pull that up? Sorry, I sure. don't. Sure. Let's I got uh, Psalm what? Psalm 106, 34 through 31. Or 41, sorry. 106, 41. That's it. And here we go. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they hated him and ruled over them. She says 106. 106. 106, 41? 34 through 41. 34 through 41, excuse me. (laughs) They did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. And they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils, and shed the innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus they were defiled with their own works and went a-whoring with their own inventions. Mm-hmm. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. Yeah. So immediate thought that just sprang when that was read. This, this verse specifically is talking about children sacrificed unto idols. I think, I think it would be fair to say that Abortion is sacrificing a child to the idol of convenience, convenience, monetary prosperity, self, self, you know, this is going to disrupt my plans for my education and my yeah. life. And, George, George Alexopoulos, yeah. an inspired uh, uh, meme uh, oh, cartoonist, no. <laughs> has this has this woman uh, with their child and is offering on the, you know, she's looking at the Oscar award and mm-hmm. she's putting the baby mm-hmm. on the inferno in front of the Oscar award, then being rewarded Upon the, by the smiling god Oscar is now holding her Oscar. We just saw that at the Oscar Awards the last couple of years. I would not have been here without abortion. Yeah. Mm. Sacri- same old sins, mm. new ways to do them, mm-hmm. but the same old sins. Mm. And I'd mentioned earlier, I did have a question for Paula actually on, on related to the economic standpoint. What are your thoughts? So in that article that I had read from the Texas Tribune, they said they had a Planned Parenthood that they had opened up within, I think it was within a year. It's only been a year, and then this this passing comes through. What do you think the effect of 
that of this passing is going to have on that Planned Parenthood? I it depends how faithful the people are, <laughs> so they can they're still not going to be Planned Parenthood. Uh, they uh, they they're known to uh, corral the girls for abortion. They're just known mm -hmm. for that. They they assume that that's why you're in there, and if you're not in there for that reason, they'll try to get you in there for that reason. But um, and they can certainly they can tell the, the young man and the young woman, for example, you can go across state lines and get your abortion, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But uh, and they'll do that. But uh, uh, Planned, Planned Parenthood should be attacked uh, on a, uh, a a criminal behavior. That if they, uh, you're, you're referring to legally pursued. Yeah, you're not allowed to uh, tell somebody, encourage somebody. I, I'm not allowed to encourage you to talk your girlfriend into getting an abortion. That's a crime. I'm not allowed to encourage you to go around as an bank. official. Mm -hmm. That's a crime. It's a crime. You can't. Uh, I mean, uh, they generally are not going to turn it into a felony or anything, but uh, the jury can actually rule rule against you and say, uh, hey. That's not right. Mm. Racketeering right. actually is, is, is what I would almost try to figure out if there is a way to pursue it under that. Mm -hmm. And something I've heard, uh, at least, because something that seems to be the counter to that or about Planned Parenthood being associated with abortion is that they typically try to say, oh, no, we have a broader platform. We, we address broader issues. We address more than just this issue. But it's like what you said. I hear all these stories about these women who are being corralled. Mm -hmm into getting these abortions and it seems to be that that is their focal point because really. they, they've gone into those abortion clinics with uh, just questions and you could tell that the person across the the desk from them was uh you know well you know we can schedule the abortion for this day and you know you, what you want to get the abortion before this many weeks has passed and uh the girl's not even asking about abortions yet She's just there, <laughs> you know. And that's where the church is missing its purpose because these girls are questioning. And we are too afraid to talk about out-of-wedlock pregnancies and the answers that they provide will shoo the pastor's daughter out for 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 having an, uh, a child out of wedlock and she'll be, quote-unquote, forced into an abortion. She'll be pressured and pressured and pressured until she sees no other way out. And she's told there's no other way out, sometimes by the pastor. And those pastors need to be punished. There has to be a public, and when I say about that, the church's role in our current government structure is very limited. But the, you should not be a pastor any longer. Mm. You should not be a pastor. Mm. Economically, in the legal aspect of it, uh, a community is allowed to govern themselves under God's law. Who's going to deny that? Uh, we're founded on common law in the state. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's common law. Common law is biblical law. So uh, if a if a if a business would start in a community, the community can actually convene its court independent of the United States courts, because it's it's not government land, and the community can actually make legal determinations um, of uh, punishing these people for that behavior in that community until they get to the point to where you know this doesn't pay to this doesn't pay to be here. Mm. So uh, people don't realize that you don't have to you don't have to turn to United States case law, or congressional written law, or even the U.S. Constitution because it doesn't apply 
unless it's on government land. You can drag it into a Seventh Amendment court where it says the jury is going to decide the law and the facts. Guess what? In a biblical jury, what's their law going to be? God's Word. Mm. And the Planned Parenthood doesn't want to be in that environment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, sort of to yeah. this discussion, and because I do want to get to uh, Tom Scott. Or to God, before we do that, I do want, want to I want to do a summing up. Okay, but I, go ahead. Go and ahead. It, this is kind of I. I'll never forget. There was the story, or it was put this way at least with abortion, and we had mentioned like some of the thought process that comes into that and how it comes out of convenience. And these people will say, "I promise you that this baby doesn't want to come up in this way, in this lifestyle, and in, in this circumstance." Mm -hmm. No, I promise you that that baby does not want to be killed. <laughs> right. Well, hey, how about those people? My, my question is always, uh, actually, my father has this question in, in a court case. How about we make it retroactive? We happen to have an <laughs> affidavit from your parent that you know, did his due diligence mm -hmm. saying that, that you would have been aborted. Mm. <laughs> how about we make it retroactive? And like I said, we want to obviously, we, we want to take this, this, this topic with, Carefully. Some ta with, with carefully, with tact, empathetically, because... Mm -hmm. Like we said, and like we mentioned, it is not an it's not an easy topic. It's not an easy situation, uh, especially if you're out of wedlock. It's definitely not an easy situation. Um, well, the solution's yeah. really easy. The solution's really easy. Do but... not touch a woman until you're married. Mm. But that, I mean, that's that's really the main solution. No, even even after that, you could have. It was really problems, easy. But... Just don't eat that one <laughs> apple. And see, we've been playing yeah. damage control. Ever but how much since. easier can you make it? I agree with you. <laughs> and see, this is and I that, agree with a hundred percent. And ultimately, this is what we're our hope is that that the culture eventually gets to that point to where we're seeing things mm -hmm. through through the lens, and that comes from having acknowledging absolute truth. The Bible is absolute truth, and viewing the God the word the God sorry the word of God as God breathed, mm -hmm. God inspired. No, this is His word. It's important. Mm -hmm. um, it's everything. It's everything. It's everything. Just before we go on to another topic, um, one thing that Josh brought up a little while ago about the argument that Planned Parenthood, you know, provides things other than abortion. Um, it's a really common argument that that people bring up in favor of Planned Parenthood. And I just, I wanted to bring this up because I think it's important to understand this. Um, you know, a lot of times people throw out this, well, only 3% of the services provided by Planned Parenthood are abortions. 3%, that's not that much. But I think it's really important to, to know how that number has gotten to. Services are not the same as patients. So one woman goes into Planned Parenthood and they get, uh, pregnancy tests, they get a blood test, they order birth control for going beyond that, and they get an abortion. That's four services that are counted for the same woman. So we have really no way of knowing what the percentage of women going to Planned Parenthood end up getting coerced into abortions because they fuddled the numbers so much. There's no way to know how many services are attributed to each woman. Sexual training for three and four year olds about what their PP is and their top tie is. No, your parents don't know anything. This is this is your penis. This is your vagina. You don't know what you're talking about when you talk to your parents. 
Come talk to us. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's a service that's counted in that. Mm-hmm. They go to fifth and sixth graders yeah. and they STD say... STD tests, all kinds of things are counted as services. They say anal sex and oral sex are ways to prevent childbirth at mm-hmm. fifth grade. They go into schools and they tell them that is one of their many services that they do. Mm-hmm. Their objective is, and, and I've, I've had the honor and privilege of working with a few people who came from Planned Parenthood. One lady all but weeps every night thinking about what she's done. She says, I, I, I plead the grace of God. Mm-hmm. I plead the grace of God for all the evil that I've done. Uh, and now she's trying to fix it. However, she would say that her objective was to get between three and six abortions out of a girl between the age of 13 and 18. Mm-hmm. And she said, we often got seven or nine. And mm-hmm. often it was a father or an older brother that brought them in. Mm-hmm. So with that said, there's something terribly, terribly wrong with a society that, that promotes and allows that. Yeah. The, the Bible clearly says, if a man lays a hand against a woman and causes her to abort, he shall be put to death. Mm-hmm. No buts about it. You just don't do that. So for those of you mm-hmm. who are saying that God doesn't consider the uh, the unborn child a, uh, uh, you know, a life, you know, mm-hmm. just and, saying. And ultimately, this the, cult, the, the cultural problem, the real cultural problem is... Viewing this as a woman's choice instead of a Life. a human being yeah. that is in the womb. Absolutely. Thou shalt not murder. Mm. And by yes. the way, speaking about uh, abortion, which is, by the way, a whole other topic for a whole other time, it is a genocidal attempt to remove undesirable whites and melanated people from the mm-hmm. planet. I was we'll, just bringing we'll, 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 that, 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 that's <laughs> in our line. Let's look at our friends, the uh, Democrats, by the way, the ones who inspired the Nazis to use concentration camps, gassing, et cetera, et cetera. Look it up. It's a very interesting rabbit hole to go down. Uh, let's talk about their latest foray against uh, black people. Specifically, let's look at what, how they're talking about uh, Tim Scott right now in Congress. Any of y'all seen what happened with Tim Scott? Uh, Tim Scott, he was the speaker, wasn't he? Correct. For the, for the Republicans Correct. in response to Joe Biden's address. Absolutely. And so uh, this, this is from the Daily Wire, written by uh, Beth Bauman. Now, this is the, this is the next topic. This right? is the next topic. Okay. And, 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 just, and, and you're approaching this from the philosophical chair. I'm coming this from the, from the chair of philosophy. <laughs> Absolutely. So MSNBC's Tiffany Cross, the host of The Cross Connection on Saturday, dedicated an entire segment to her show uh, to Tim Scott's Republican South Carolina speech earlier this week. According to Cross, Scott is thirsty for white approval. Just tuck that away in the back of your mind if you imagined a Republican saying that about a liberal black person or African-American person. That'd be pretty rough. Uh, let's be clear, going back to, to her article, Tim Scott does not represent any constituency other than the small number of sleepy, slow-witted sufferers of Stockholm Syndrome wow. who get elevated to prominence for repeating a false narrative about this country that makes conservative white people feel comfortable. Cross claimed. Keep, keeping going here. According to MSNBC host, Scott had many contradictions in his rebuttal speech uh, that she could go into great detail, refuting each of his asinine points. He didn't. Uh, the reason she's debunking each of Scott's claims is that he did that. Uh, he did that for her. Okay, thank you. Cross equated Scott to a slave that her Harriet Tubman left behind. Ooh. Going to racial like, slurs. Hang on. Is this the, is this like a Babylon B article? No, <laughs> this sounds like no, a Babylon. This is an actual. That's article. hard to believe. That someone pulled a picture of uh, 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 Tiffany Cross, please for me. Someone pulled up a picture of Tiffany Cross. I'm going. I don't have one in front of me. Uh, according to the uh, so moving right back. Huh? 
back down. Continue with the article. Even though the senator has been a leading force on police reform bills, ahem, and anti-lynching legislation, ahem, Cross okay. said there are two sides to every token. So, thir so thirsty for white approval, this dude actually stood on the mm -hmm. stage to defend voter suppression law in Georgia. Cross. Okay, very, very good. Uh, uh, Georgia, even as though as of last month, 361 bills being introduced in 41 states to keep people who look like him out of the ballot box, the MSNBC's uh, host stated. The ability to shame the ancestors and appease, appease the oppressors all in one speech. That's extreme, though not like the domestic violent extremism that the Department of Homeland Security is investigating within its own ranks, mind you. Please, Senator, say more about how unracist this country is while you trot out that tired old line about going from cotton to Congress to clown. Hmm. All right. So here's my thing philosophically. I'm going to come at this from the perspective of if you have a different worldview and perspective in this country and you have the wrong skin tone, you get this treatment. You get this treatment. If you align uh, from one side, by and large, you it's hard to find a conservative or a Christian saying, that you know they tend to steer away from that you will see a lot of the left in our country however if you do not toe the line as a melanated person and i will say if there is a conservative leaning or christian leaning person who makes that kind of argument they're immediately called out on it they're called out for being racist and yes you, do you want me to give my hot take my hot takes <clears throat> go <clears throat> 10 second hot take so that was jennifer's my, yeah, that yeah. Was jennifer's. The, not, not really the theological yeah. but that, that was my hot take so cultural i'll say this regardless of if you are left or you're right whichever way you lean politically on the spectrum it seems that the way to approach a disagreement in politics is by name calling is by <laughs> By making that person seem like the most vile human being of all time mm -hmm. and that they're ill-motivated and they're bad-intentioned. Yeah. You're dealing with the messenger and not the message of the worldview. So the, from the culture perspective, it's a demon, there is a demonizing that is very unsettling that is happening. And it could be – it doesn't matter which side of the politic, political spectrum you fall on. That is a problem that affects everybody. So – Mr. Hansen, how should a Christian look at this? What's the angle? Do you think there's an economic angle on why Democrats use, and I'm going to use that term, okay? Leftists, fine. Use race to leverage their power. They don't have a lot of other tools to use. They, they, they're going to stick their tools into the crack that has the most potential for producing their, taking advantage of their of, of leverage. And uh, that is one of them because it's easily um, misconstrued. Misconstrued. Is that the way you say that? Misconstrued. Word? Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't want to say a swear word here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, two plus two is four. It doesn't make what nationality you are, what age you are. If you're an atheist or a strong believer in Christ, two plus two is four. That's the way we should look at these issues, not. Not based on oh that's coming from a white gentleman or a black gentleman. That's just it's it's uh, it's a uh, deflection is what it is. It's deflection from really getting to the 
truth of the matter. And economically, uh, the Democrats have to do this because they don't have a good plank to stand on. So they got to stand on a bad plank. I would go even further. I would say that since LBJ's Greater Cities policy, they I'll use LBJ's word when he instituted the welfare reform. This is right after the uh, uh, civil rights movement, after Republicans and Republican Dr. Martin Luther King Christian, or Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Christian, said uh, LBJ comes in after seeing this and says, this by the way, the time where everyone says the party switched. LBJ comes in and says, we'll have those inwards voting for us for the next 100 years with the greater cities policy. Economically, what they did was is they went after the black family. By the way, stronger than the white family at the time. They had a stronger holistic. It was about 90% uh, uh, of those who were uh, of black families stayed together. Now it's, I don't have the statistic in front of me, but I believe it's 20% uh, stayed together. And the way they did that was is they went to homes, individual homes, and said, you can get a government check if the man's not in the house, government mm -hmm. assistance for, to the single woman. Mm -hmm. So, but. And, and just to tie it back to that idea that you mentioned before of going back to abortion, just quick Google search. Black women get abortions at five times the rate that white women do. That's a this is a really, yeah, a really good um, resource. It's called um, protect, protectingblacklife.org. And it takes information from the 2010 census. And it shows, and you can see it, it's an interactive map. You can zoom in and see it. 79% of all surgical abortions performed were within walking distance of African-American or Latino neighborhoods. And wonder how that yeah. happened. Yeah. And also... That, Margaret Sanger. Let's you, bring up her. Mind you, I am, the, I am in the cultural corner. But something that is interesting about that, I think that is a symptom of not just what you mentioned, them catering that to that, but I think that's a symptom of the what John Arthur was hitting mm -hmm. at, the family structure. It's a continuation of the attack on the black family. Correct. And they say politics is downstream of culture. Might I suggest to you that culture is downstream of your theology, whether it is atheist, whether atheism is your theology or or uh, Christianity or Hinduism, Buddhism, Shintoism. It is all whatever the ism or the anity. It is always culture is always downstream of that. So when you have someone like Tim Scott come forward, he has actually stepped outside of their religious bounds. We have set our own. When when Freud said that God is dead. What new boundaries must we set that now that God is dead? Nietzsche, excuse me. Yes. Did I say Freud? Yes. I apologize. <laughs> it was a Freudian slip. Mm -hmm. No, it's just uh, it's just foolishness. Anyway, uh, with that said, Nietzsche said God is dead. What new cathedrals will we have to build? Mm -hmm. We've built them. It's around uh, race and uh, critical race theory is where we've really gone. So, and Scott, this uh, Tim Scott, he should not be alone. He should have large support. Does he have large support? He does. He's got a whole contingent oh, of folks coming in for him. Good. <laughs> I was surprised. For, I didn't think I was going to hear that. Hear that. But that's he, good. He's got people coming in. He's got a lot of people coming at him. And that's the frustrating thing. So 
Now joining me on my right just now is uh, Daniel. A pro-lifer. <laughs> a pro-lifer. He's got a uh, pro-lifer. He's in at the right time. Like. From, yes. from, from uh, no, actually at the wrong time. And he's he's just gonna, talk, we just got done talking about it. Yes, Come on. <laughs> but, but he is now sitting in the chair of politics. How are you today, Daniel? Good morning. How about right. yourself? Doing good. And I see you've been working there. You're sweating a lot. Yeah, yeah. Can't handle the heat. You got out of the kitchen. No, I can't handle the heat. No, right, right over the man belongs in the kitchen. Right. No, according to uh, what was it? Uh, Burger King. Women do. Really? Oh, That's that was their tweet on National Women's Day. What? We need more women in the kitchen. That was their tweet. Oh, oh no. my gosh. Okay. But how long I, so did that last? I, I actually uh, about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Let's define politic. Poly means many. Tick is blood sucking. So, so we're talking about. And by the way, this is perfect that you walk in here. I was hoping you would get in a little bit earlier. We we're expecting Daniel, but right now we're talking about uh, uh, Tim Scott's uh, uh, speech and how he's been attacked. We just went around the room. We were talking about how effectively, if you do not fall into the orthodoxy of the current atheistic New Age worldview, if you're black and you ascribe or subscribe to the more traditional values, uh, you are attacked like Tim Scott. From the political standpoint, how do you think this plays for Republicans versus Democrats? How do you think this is changing? And do you see a shifting of values or shifting of gears? What, what's your thought about this? I'm throwing in the deep end. Here. Yeah, 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 for real. I walk in and it's like, wow, okay. Welcome. <laughs> so, a lot of it, I think, just comes down to the nuclear family and at the end of the day, destroying it. However, that might look like uh, a lot of it is like turning away from Christianity to more so like atheistic worldviews, uh, such as abortion, mm -hmm. which I was really hoping to talk about. <laughs> Whatever. Next time. That'd be another day. <laughs> yeah, another day. Get not today. Room. Hopefully not. <laughs> we don't, we, hopefully no more abortion, but it's probably it, 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 it's, it's likely. Topic. So, yeah. so how do you think? What, what do you think the angle is destroying the nuclear family, specifically the black nuclear family? How do yeah. you think that 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 sets up the Democratic Party? Politically, where does that put them? What does that give them? When once you've broken down the nuclear family politically, what does it give them? More power. Would you say a voting block? Yeah. Because without dad in the home, who teaches the kids? Government. The state. The state. And if the state is actively, uh, what's the right word? Competing with dads. Mm -hmm. Who's going to win? State or well, dads? Well, dads would win if the state didn't have this, you know, we talked about how the monetary incentive now yeah. to not get married. And now that all of these women are in this position, what are they going to give up this money that they're depending on to live day to day mm -hmm. so that they can get married? And on the guy's side. Yeah. You're, you're coming up from the girl's side. From the guy's side, you know, why would I... Why would I settle down when I could have hamburgers every night, every night, just to have a new piece of meat, as opposed to building a long-term relationship? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a dad in the home to yeah. tell you, you pick one woman, you sit down, you you auger in, you go through the hard times, the good times and the bad, you take care of that woman. 
You build a family with that woman. If you don't have the man to say that, then the idea of sex, pleasure, rock and roll drugs all day long with no long-term eternal benefit. Mm-hmm. Sounds okay. Mm. And and it's yeah. God's plan. Yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. if you have a child and you tell the child, don't steal, don't steal, don't steal, but you don't tell him why God doesn't want him to steal, you're, mm. you're leaving a big part of the equation out. You know, don't fornicate. Don't don't uh, be in improper relationships before you're married. Things like that. Tell them why. Don't just don't tell them not to do it. Tell them mm-hmm. why. Yeah, it, give, it's give, all about give, building up those basic moral and give God the glory. Yes, give yes, and glory. teaching them more so like apologetic as to why you do this. And and, and here's the thing that I, so it's interesting that you bring about a, an article about politics, and we are we're approaching this from our from our different chairs. Uh, because I mentioned this today on Wednesday where I said politics is a reflection of what's happening culturally. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And so what can be said about the culture if we're reading this article? It, and it goes back to that thing where I was talking about this demonization of people because they think differently than you, because they see the things differently than you, and because they ultimately don't think what you think. Now, the Christian perspective on this, from a cultural standpoint, uh, I think about how Jesus approached different people. I think that you see the way he approached the woman at the well. Yeah, that was a major cultural barrier for a tons of different reasons. She was a woman; he was a man. That was a no-no. She was a uh, a Samaritan. He's a, he's a Jew. There's a, I don't know if you guys know this, our listeners, but if you, you probably, you might, there's a, back at that time, there was a lot of racism happening between these two groups of people. Samaritans were considered half-breeds. Yes, they were. But Jesus still went to, went to this person, even though completely defining, defying all the, like, what, what the what the modern day culture was saying, mm-hmm. what the modern day thought process was saying. Mind you, this wasn't in relation to politics or demonization or conversation, but I think it gives some implication to that culturally to where we have to process this and say, hey, we need to listen to each other. We need to address what's being talked about and try to get to the heart of the issue instead of just calling people uh, thirsty for calling a, 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 a black man, by the way, a black, thirsty a black woman white. calling a black man thirsty for white approval, yeah. a slave of the white people, uh, just horrendous things. And, and like I said, I don't care which side of the political spectrum you fall on. This is abhorrent behavior. It's bad behavior. So from I mean, a- he's getting addressed like he is a white person. Mm-hmm. But he's actually a black senator. Yes, but he's well, if you wouldn't if you didn't know better, just heard her that commentator's speech, mm-hmm. you'd think she's talking about some white racist mm-hmm. racist. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> no, it reminds me of the. It happened not too long ago, and I'm, I apologize, I can't remember the names, but it was a a radio call where a black conservative was on the radio, and this woman called in and accused him of white privilege because of the ideas that he had. She knew nothing about him. But because of his ideas, she assumed white. And, mm. and that's the thing that eats me alive with, with Black Lives Matter police. The assumption that the police are racist is like, look, my dad has been pulled over, drugged to jail, beaten, 
over things that were just stupid. Like he, he, he's been chased down by cops, thrown on the ground for driving along, doing nothing. And I can get into those stories and probably, you'll probably hear them someday. If he was black and if I were black, if I was hearing this narrative over and over and over again about how racist the police are, when a couple of bad officers did things that were bad, I would take that and say, it's because I'm black. Mm -hmm. It's not because I'm black. It's because there's some terrible police officers out there who don't get prosecuted for the right thing. Mm -hmm. When you have someone like Mike Brown grabbing the golf officer's gun, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Don't grab officers' guns. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a good rule. So instead of talking about the real issue about police who are at war at citizens, instead of talking about the real issue with Tim Tim uh, uh, Scott, what he's addressing is resulted to name calling. We, we go to name calling, and it, identity that, politics. Identity politics, exactly. Critical race theory. Yeah, and on that as well. I mean, like, what do you see now because of that? You see all of the good officers saying, "Okay, I'm retiring. I'm stepping off the force." They can't. Then what are you left with? You left with all of the bad apples. And then you're asking, well, why are they doing that? Oh, I, I guess we shouldn't have called them evil. Uh, and that's the thing. That most of the people you'll hear, the pe most of the people... Because uh, the thing is, I hear a lot of famous people in the culture talking bad about police, but I'm like, okay, then get rid of your security. Get mm -hmm. rid of your... So ultimately, we, we have to get away from name-calling. We have to get away from this demonization of people mm -hmm. and start actually addressing issues and start having those conversations. Well, people need to be taught that uh, anytime somebody starts raising their voice or name calling, look at them real close. They probably lost their argument and that's right. what they're resorting to. Yeah. And um, go ahead. Uh, I think something really, really important about the few bad apples who don't get prosecuted I think actually the push to vilify any situation involving a black person's interaction with the police it is makes it worse. so much undercutting. Like the the the, it, the latest it, it's one like fake with rape charges. Yes, it's like the latest one with Macaulay O'Brien. The girl who was about to stab another black girl, another black teenager, and the police officer protected the innocent black girl. The only way that he could, when she was seconds away from being stabbed, potentially killed, knife wounds are way more dangerous than than practically any other type of, of impalement. It, Bullets, whatever. Yes. Knife wounds are terrible. It and depends this, on how it's done, but mm -hmm. more often than not, yes. knife wound is fatal. And this cop saved this black teenager's life, but that's not the story. It's black teenager killed. I love, and they I love leave George. out everything else. I love George Alexopoulos on this. He's got the the, the, the picture of the officer walking, the two people, two guys mm -hmm. fighting, and one is stabbing the brains out of the other one. And he looks over and says, "Hey, cut that out." Yeah. The the, the cop is like, "Is, is that what yeah. you expect him to do? Is that what yeah. you expect the officer to do?" I actually have mm -hmm. a photo here of the moment that she mm -hmm. got shot. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she was not seconds. She was fractions of seconds yeah. away yeah. from yeah. stabbing no, another person. No option. Could you? Yeah. On this specific article related to Tim Scott, could you give us some some verses, specifically theologically, mm -hmm. on this topic? On the topic of police brutality, I can. Or not on the topic of police brutality, on the topic calling, of Tim Scott, like calling this a man a clown that's thirsty for white approval. Uh, if we want to, if if we want to start to hem this in, we're coming up on the edge of our hour. Well, mm -hmm. I can think of one. 
I come eating, you call me a glutton. I come mm. fasting, you call me a lunatic. You can't win with some people. Agreed. You can't win mm. with some people. That's you good. can't please everyone. Yeah. You mm. can't please. During Noah's time, you can't please hardly anybody. <laughs> Agreed. And he told his kids, stay close to the boat. So, <laughs> just to go around the room to sort of start to wrap this one topic up, uh, Jennifer, from a theological perspective, just a quick wrap up. What are your thoughts and how do we, how do we address individuals who are, who are using race and pejoratives like a clown that thirsty for white approval to one of our brothers in Christ? Well, I think the whole idea of being a brother in Christ, when you become a Christian, you now have not only the Holy Holy Spirit dwelling within you, but you essentially are trying to live your life like Christ. That's the goal now. And in some sense, we, we have now become the body of Christ. And I think it's really important that we need to, to start looking at people as the... They're made in the image of God. Yes. People are people made. made in the image of God who have a purpose planned out by God. And just dismissing someone for arbitrary reasons that you've picked that this is your hill to die on and, and anyone who comes against you, they're just, you know, X, Y, and Z pejorative label. That is, it's denying that person the opportunity to express God's plan to affect your life. You you are you are ignoring the person that God has put in your path to potentially help you with something. Absolutely. You can always learn something from someone else. No matter, I mean even right even some of the crazy democrats, you can learn something from them. Might be something not to do, but you can learn something. Right or wrong. Yeah. Mr. Hansen, your thoughts from the economic perspective of Tim Scott and the fury that is fallen upon him. What's the objective here? What do you think it's going to do? Well, I, I'm not a big statist fan, so I don't, I encourage people to uh, focus on your neighborhood and your family and make that strong. And don't try to make the state strong. Just try to get your neighbor to get them strong and your, your, keep your backyard clean. Um, so as far as uh, turning to the state for help, it's not biblical. You're supposed to be raising your own children. Um, if you put your children in a state school today, your chances are very high they're going to get an abortion. They're going to get into some a bad lifestyle. If you keep them home and you're, you homeschool them, it goes way down to close to zero. Uh, their, their divorce rate is close to zero when they're homeschooled. Um, keep, keep your community at home. Just like I said earlier, Noah. Noah told his kids, stay close to the boat. This, this world is not good. And it's um, still true today. Absolutely. So that, that would be the, the selling if, argument. If that's economics, economic I don't know. That, <laughs> exactly. That can, no, no, no. That, 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 that's an excellent sum up for the, for the, day, for the whole day's discussion on, on, on economics. That's excellent. Uh, make sure that you have your family strong by providing. Uh, Josh, kind of tailing together the whole day. Uh, what do you think? Takeaways? Takeaways from culture, etc. The importance here in culture, and it's probably going to be something that you don't, this is not going to be the first time you hear me say this. I'm going to say this in the future, and it's always going to come down to this. People are people. 
People are individuals. Mm -hmm. They, and I mentioned this, everybody is an image bearer. Do we treat each other as image bearers? Mm -hmm. Do we treat each other with that respect, with that grace, with that forgiveness that Christ showed us? Or are we demonizing people, attacking people for their for their differences? Maybe because here's the thing: most of these differences that we have politically, they're not really that important. Or maybe if it's like with something else or anything, anything, it's not that important. It's not more important than than Christ. At the end of the it's day, not. are we trying to win the soul or win the argument? Yes, that's that perfectly sums up. Yes, what I that is that is exactly the point I was trying to get across. Thank you for saying it much more eloquently than I did. <laughs> yeah, you did well. You did well. All right, all right. And then moving on. This is your first to time. the chair yeah. of <laughs> politics. So summing up, you you only came in for the last half. Yeah, you, got, you got the spark notes. Daniel. I I got the. If, if you want to give. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Want to give your your ten second hot take on abortion? Now's the time. Closing arguments. Um, sanctuary city for for Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Sanctuary city for the unborn. Oh yeah. Also, big. I I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. Biggest sanctuary city ever, mm-hmm. ever. For the unborn. For the unborn. Which is good. Yes. Real so, good. It's it, it's now illegal <laughs> to do abortion there entirely. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead and give us your ten second hot take politically on a political standpoint. What does this do? And what should the church and the uh, right wing do with this? Yeah, so from just a strictly political strictly political. So that's your chair. Yeah. Stay in your chair. <laughs> Stay in your chair. Don't get a Jennifer. <laughs> don't get a Jennifer chair. That'd be very awkward. Do that. Yeah. Um, um, okay. I'm a minor uh, <laughs> Stay in your chair. Next. Yeah, so like just strictly on abortion, I mean, it's the biggest issue of our time. I mean, absolutely. You have what was it, twenty twenty over three, what three point five million? I actually have a stat for you about abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thousands. Fifty five million babies have been aborted since the passing of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, and it's probably two to three times that with concept. Yes. Conceptive, uh, yeah. Most most uh, Plan B kind of. Yeah. What do you type? call it? Chemical abortion. Abortifacient. Yeah. They're. Um, birth control. Virtually all, virtually all of them are aborted. Yep. Yep. Uh, Christian families are aborting between generally one and a half children a, a year. Don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. But so politically, what do you think this is going to do? And what do you think the advantages are? And how can we take advantage of this largest current city now just uh, proclaiming itself as a sanctuary city for aborted babies? Okay. Well, aborted there. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a really good step. Uh, so, I'm wearing a shirt that says pro-life. Change yeah. my mind. That is yeah. true. You are wearing, wearing a shirt that says pro-life. Shirt. <laughs> yep. Um, represent. Uh, I'm not giving him money. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, as you put it, like a sanctuary city, that's what it is now. I mean. It's a political move. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a very good one. We wish all of Texas and, well, first Texas and then the rest of the... They probably have some trouble in El Paso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only some. Yeah. Uh, we can just afford them. Oh, oh. no. no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, got it's a joke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Media matters. Come at me. Oh, geez. Yeah, but um, 
just jumping off the political idea, I think this is our moment right now for the church to step up and yeah. show people that yeah. it can be done. And we have to. It's not going to be easy. It's mm-hmm. going to be ugly and dirty. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's the thing to do. Yeah. If, if so, we can make it work yeah. in Lubbock, we can sell it so much better. Because we get out of this you know, uh, realm of speculation. Well, okay, well, the church will maybe step in. No, no, look, the church did step in. And we will step in in all the other cities where this passes. And something I was encouraged by politically, at least from it, is that the, peop- the, the people who passed this, uh, I mean, the citizens obviously passed it, Lubbock, mm-hmm. but uh, something that I was encouraged by was the politicians in that area saying how good this was and how amazing this was. Hopefully, and, we can get and it encouraging the resurrection. And hopefully, we can get it rolling in the right direction. But also, remember, this is a, and we're going to come back to the Christ perspective on this that, hey, us as the church, us as Christians who mm-hmm. claim the name of Christ. That is, that is a topic that we shouldn't just be separated from. Absolutely. That is a topic that we have to have our hands in. We have to be we have to be having these conversations, and we have to mm-hmm. be encouraging these people mm-hmm. who are have the who have these who are who are pregnant. Yes, absolutely. Slavery, and slavery, and slavery will be removed. Yeah, someday. Yep. Oh, it has been removed. Yeah. yeah. My gosh, there was a time when they didn't think that was possible. And abortion will be someday too. Mm -hmm. So to wrap up your thoughts on Tim Scott and abortion, go ahead and give us a short 30-second run. We are at the end of our time. Only 30 seconds? Yep. 30 seconds. 28 seconds now. Yeah, 28, 27. Come on. So I'm not really that familiar. I mean, I'm going to have to look into it more. Sure. So um, if you could send me the link to that article. We will. Absolutely. We will, for sure. For sure, for sure. So my, from the philosophical chair, what I would say is there's nothing new under the sun. Yes. There's the same arguments mm. that have always been made, and they've always been either you are made in the image of God, of immense value, immeasurable worth, or God does not matter. It's irrelevant. However, with the irrelevance of God, there's a lack of a standard. Without a standard, you have no meaning. And when we come to the nihilism of meaninglessness, what we see in our world today, you can deface the value and dehumanize the value, strip a baby of its value, of his or her value. Excuse me, you see it's ingrained in me. Or strip a man of his value. His opinions do not matter because he is a man outside of his lane. Because he is a man outside of his lane. You can do that when you stray further away from God. By the way, cue the credits. That's going to be what we're uh, 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 calling this podcast. This is the first episode of this podcast. Glad you guys are listening in. Going to ask the listeners out there, tell us what your thoughts are on the two topics that we covered today. And uh, tell us which chair you're sitting in. Are you in the chair of philosophy, theology, world culture, economics, or politics? And uh, give us that perspective from which you're giving a defense of the Christian faith. And uh, put it in the comment section below and let us know. We'd love to hear it. You can uh, uh, hopefully eventually we'll have a uh, email address and you'll be able to Mm -hmm. send it to us. It'll be a dedicated one. With that said, please share this podcast and uh, we look forward to hearing from you and hopefully earning your viewership. Thank you guys and you have a wonderful week. Thank you.